Welcome to the Bible Breakdown. It's a black man and woman in America who no longer identify as believers. This show contains adult languages, themes, and isn't meant for children. As black people, we respect the history of the black church in America, but its current state is massively abusive and we think the Bible might be part of the problem. Listen and let us know what you think. Peace. Yes, another exciting episode of the Bible Breakdown. Do you remember where we left off last week? Yeah, well, today we're starting with numbers 10 through 12. And last week we discussed um, Passover at Sinai. We discussed some um, consecration and service of the Levites and a few other things. Yeah. I offerings think of the leaders, too. That was that was big. It was long. A lot of offerings. A lot of the same <laughs> stuff. Nobody, uh, nobody fucked up the count. So. <laughs> Yeah, it was very um, bureaucratic for sure, and um, yeah, just the the human uh, the human sacrifice stuff was kind of weird. God mm-hmm. was, or the Lord was telling Moses that he will no longer require that the Israelites sacrifice whatever comes out of the womb first, whether it be human or animal. Instead, he's just like, I'm going to own the Levites forever. Yeah. so he's he's making changes he's progressing as a character yeah i guess like enslaving is better than setting on fire yeah you know it's uh if you do that then you can continue to you know get them to bring you stuff but if you kill everyone then you're out of luck right i mean that's why gorilla pimping isn't always the best route Yeah. yeah so uh, so today we're doing numbers 10. I believe it's 10 through 12. 10 through 12. All right. Well, that's me up first. <clears throat> numbers 10, the silver trumpets. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, make two silver trumpets. You should make them of hammered work and you shall use them for summoning the congregation and for breaking camp. When both are blown, the whole congregation shall assemble before you at the entrance of the tent of meeting. But if only one is blown, then the leaders, the heads of the tribes of Israel, shall assemble before you. When you blow an alarm, the camps on the east side shall set out. Oh, shall set out. When you blow a second alarm, the camps on the south side shall set out. An alarm is only to be blown whenever there are to whenever they are to set out. But when the assembly is to be gathered, you shall blow, but you shall not sound an alarm. The sons of Aaron, the priests, shall blow the trumpets. This shall be a perpetual institution for you throughout your generations. When you go to war in your land against the adversary who oppresses you, you shall sound an alarm with the trumpet so that you may be remembered before the Lord your God and be saved from your enemies. Also, on your days of rejoicing at your appointed festivals and at the beginnings of your months, you shall blow the trumpets over your blarant offerings and over your sacrifices of well-being they shall serve as a reminder on your behalf before the lord your god i am the lord your god departure from sinai in the second year in the second month on the 20th day of the month the cloud lifted from over the tabernacle of the covenant then the israelites set out by sages from the wilderness of sinai and the cloud settled down in the wilderness of paran They set out for the first time at the command of the Lord by Moses. The standard of the camp of Judah set out first, company by company, and over the whole company was Nashon, son of Amminadab. Over the company of the tribe of Issachar was Nathaniel, son of Zur, and over the company of the tribe of Zebulon was Eliab, son of Heliam. Then the tabernacle was taken down, and the Gershonites and the Merorites who carried the tabernacle set out. Next, the standard of the camp of Reuben set out company by company, and over the whole company was Eleazar, son of Shedor. Over the company of the tribe of Simeon was Shimeel, son of Jurishadai, and over the company of the tribe of Gad was Elisaph, son of Duel. Then the Colathites, who carried the holy things, set out, and the tabernacle was set up before their arrival. Next, the standard of the Ephraimite camp. Ephraimite camp. Next, the standard of the Ephraimite camp set out company by company, and over the whole company was Elishama, son of Amahud. Over the company of the tribe of Manasseh was 
Gamiel, son of Pedazur, and over the company of the tribe of Benjamin was Abadan, son of Gideonai. Gideonai? Gideonai. Then the standard of the camp of Dan, acting as the rear of the guard of all the camps, set out company by company, and over the whole of the company was Elazar, son of Amishadarai. Over the company of the tribe of Asher was Pagliel, son of Akren. And over the company of the tribe of Nephali was Azarai, son of Anan. This was the order of the march of the Israelites, company by company, when they set out. Moses said to Hoab, son of Ruel, the Midianite Moses' father-in-law, We are setting out for the place for which the Lord said, I will give it to you. Come with us, and we will treat you well, for the Lord has promised good to Israel. But he said to him, I will not go, but I will go back to my own land and to my own kindred. He said, Do not leave us, for you know where we should camp in the wilderness, and you will serve as eyes for us. Moreover, if you go with us, whatever good the Lord does for us, the same we will do for you. So they set out from the mount of the Lord's three days journey with the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord going before them three days journey to seek out a resting place for them. The cloud of the Lord being over them by the day then when they set out from camp. Whatever the Ark set out, Moses would say, Arise, O Lord, let your enemies be scattered and your foes be before you. And whenever it came to rest, he would say, Return, O Lord, of the ten thousand thousands of Israel. There was like a song we used to sing um, in church. Arise, O Lord, and let your enemies scatter, scatter. Hmm. Um, that kind of, yeah. Um, did that fill your soul? Um, well, I think that the story is, for Moses, is soon coming to an end. They're finally, you know, heading out. So you know what that means. Um, what? Well, it was getting to his end because I mean, if they're going to where God is supposed to take him, then isn't are we heading for the story where he strikes the stone like multiple times and then? Oh yeah, because he never actually gets to go into the holy land. He does land. not. He does not. It's coming to yeah, end, which so. seems like a bummer. He did so much for the Lord. I really always felt like, well, we're getting ahead of the story, but this part of the story, um, I mean, you know, it's kind of like a travel lot blog at this point. I also took from this that um uh, Moses's father-in-law didn't take too much convincing to not to not not leave them like he was like yeah I'm about to go home you know you guys do your thing and Moses was like wait no we need you to come with us so you can keep lookout you know if you do that God will you know favor you basically and do the same for you and then it just jumps to, so they set out and it was like, oh, okay. I guess there was no protest there. It was easily, con- he was easily convinced to go. Yeah. He was like, come on. <laughs> so, As, I mean, Hey, they're writing their own stories. So they can put in whatever they want. And like Moses, Moses, uh, Moses was able to, oh wait, that was Abraham. Wait, has Moses been able to talk God out of anything yet? Yeah. That was the last chapter. Oh, or okay, cool. Maybe if it wasn't last chapter, it was the one before, but yeah. They were basically something happened. I don't recall. Sorry, listeners. But um, yeah, Moses just was like, hold on. I think I yeah, let me talk to guy real quick. Oh, yeah, I do remember <laughs> that we, part. It's like, we, oh, wait a minute. He's saying, oh, was something about like the little laws about maybe touching a corpse or one of the uncleanliness yeah. laws or whatever. And they were like, wait, I can't do it if I touched a corpse. And it's like, hold on. Let me talk to God real quick. Yeah. Oh, OK. God's saying it's cool now. Yeah. So. OK. Yeah. But yeah, that was what I took from that. That was actually the most interesting piece. It's just, oh, he just kind of just was like, yeah, I'm going to leave. And then he didn't really put up a fight to leave. So I guess he's still in the fold. Um, Does he still have a wife? Moses? Yeah. Was it? I mean, he called him the father-in-law. So, I mean, I'm assuming. I mean, even if it's your, even if your wife dies or like leaves you, that's still kind of your father-in-law. Okay. I don't know. I've. I don't not, know. I don't think we hear. I, I mean, Zipporah, it doesn't matter. She's a woman. Uh, numbers 11, complaining in the desert. <laughs> that's so funny. Uh, Sorry, what? I don't know. I don't know why that's so funny to me. Complaining in the desert? <laughs> yes. I mean, it is a place where most people will probably complain. I was about to say, because I probably would be, too. If I was in the desert, I don't see myself not complaining. Yeah, it's hot. It's you know, <laughs> but it's the, cold at night. That's probably when I do most of my complaining. <laughs> um, and all the walk in sand. 
Ugh. sand, lack of water, the the smell. It's not 2022, so you know the, the I don't want to live in a world without toilets. Yeah, that would be terrible. They are. That would be terrible. Um, that's a whole nother discussion, though, of yeah. the yeah. toilet game and <laughs> and non uh, and just making all bathrooms uh, non gender. Oh boy! Oh, there! Ooh, you coming in hot? I mean, th- I was talking to my roommate, and they were telling me that um, my roommate's non-binary. For those who may not know, and they were telling me though when they did identify as a woman because they were born a woman. That and they're um, still female presenting. They are still female presenting. Um, they were telling me that when they had to take their classes. Um, they went to IU, so they were telling me when they had to take their classes at the their physics classes. Um, I I don't know which building it would have been in, but they were saying whatever building that was in, like they had no women's restrooms on all of the first two or three floors because that particular degree, not a lot of women do it, and so they just never thought to build women's bathrooms. And then when they finally that did, they just put them crazy. in the basement. Yeah. What? Yeah. Wow. It, I bet a lot of those people were like Christians <laughs> because they don't get <laughs> this is a very anti-woman religion. No matter what they say, it just is. I mean, Judaism is. And then they just like copied off to Judaism's paper. So if you do that, it's going to just also be anti-woman. I'm learning a lot of things are anti-woman i'm staying out of a lot of things lately because of uh i don't want people to feel like i'm not supporting them and i feel like uh you know at this point in time i wouldn't say that we need to give women all the power but just like you know kind of let them make the decision for what they want to happen are you talking about the roe versus way thing well that and just some uh just like that extending into other matters as far as like you know how women dress or what they do and stuff like or that. Or birth like control cuz birth control's next people. This is yeah. the game plan. Yeah, I had a um but no one wanted to listen to me before. I've been sounding this alarm forever. Like I kind of feel a little ambivalent about it now. Like I almost don't even even though I know I have to, I kind of want to just not even fight anymore cuz it's like it's already they've said it out loud it's already been so obvious and people are now acting shocked that it's happening whatever it's all good we're glad to have you as an ally t yeah i'm just hey again women do what they do and um you know what we need to do and women are just not dave Chappelle pointed this out i know a lot of people don't like dave Chappelle. i don't think he's transphobe i think he was pointing out that a lot of the lgbt movement is racist and he's not wrong they're they just yeah. kind of are and, and uh, because a lot of the leadership is white and they don't realize that they're being racist and so he he suggested women we have to band together we have to organize and what we could do right now to stop this roe versus way thing is we need to have a pussy strike because that's the only that. way that's the only way you're not going to need abortions we, okay so like rapists will still be getting pussy and there's a lot of them out yeah. there but that'll kind of like if we were organized enough we kind of know the only people who are getting pregnant are people who are being raped because to, we're on a pussy strike right now to be fair though <clears throat> there i love are to still, be fair there are well well i'm not going against what you're saying this is more of an additive but mm-hmm. Uh, apparently because i was talking to about this with my roommate there are still states out there um and i can do a fact check next time but that um you can't rape your wife so like that's not a thing oh yeah i think our state was one of those like spousal rape isn't a thing so yeah actually no i learned about that when um when donald trump was divorcing his first wife back in the like Mm -hmm. 80s that was one of the things she alleged and that was a conversation in the culture for a while can you rape your wife i felt like yes yeah, over the last week and a half, I've had a lot of different thoughts about um, just how women are being treated and how they are being set up. Um, a lot to do with conversations we've had, a lot to do with things that are going on in the media. And then also I'm working in, a, I'm going traveling to schools now and, um, you know, I'm doing some. The children are sexist. What? 
that's a whole nother topic. <laughs> they are, but also like, you know, I was work I had the privilege of working with a high school this week and they um you know, I mean, they are uh, teenagers are essentially adults without the awareness, the mm-hmm. life awareness. Mm-hmm. Like they know large enough children. <laughs> Yeah. They know enough to like know be, differentiate why something could be right or wrong, but they don't necessarily have the nuance or introspection of life experience to really break down why they may feel one way or the other. And And there's a physical reason for that because their prefrontal cortex isn't developed yet. Well, that, and to just play off of that, it's, it's, it's very polarizing because I will be in like, you know, like we were in like history class. Uh, We were helping some students or whatever. And like these girls dress like women that I know. So it's just like, Oh, they, this is crazy. Like these people, like this is just really wild. And then to hear some of the things that the boys were saying, I was just like, yo, this is how I was at 15, but I I get it. But with no internet. With not as much internet. Yes. And it's just, it's oh very, not as much right you're, you're yeah, no, I, I didn't have internet at yeah. 15 but internet wasn't what it like well social media it, you didn't yeah. have social media yeah, it wasn't what it was yeah. until like the late 2000s um yeah which is i was still in high school but we weren't using it like how we were yeah now how we do now because i feel like all that stuff kind of happened at i don't know well and the bible as well like we are, I try to let people know our, the very first story we read is about punishing men and women for seeking knowledge. Yeah. And especially women, like it's the woman's fault. It was the man's fault for listening to the woman. It was the woman's fault for listening to the serpent. But the serpent was the only one telling the truth. There's a lot of, uh, somebody, I was on Twitter earlier and somebody said that, um, misogyny and homophobia are two sides of the same coin and they were i think they're the same side of the same coin well regardless (laughs) the reference was to the fact because somebody pointed out something very interesting and it was like um and readers i'm gonna get to the next chapter but you know this is par (laughs) for the course i like this no go Um, off talk about it and somebody has said like you know rappers won't work with lil nas x because it's gay but they will still work with Kodak Black because and he he um he pled guilty to like a rape. It wasn't it was sexual assault, but like I read some of like what surrounded the incident and I was just like, oh, that's kind of rapey. Sexual <laughs> assault isn't a synonym for rape. Oh, okay. Is it? I I wasn't aware. Yeah, I, I thought like, it might be a lesser. T- well, the way the we articles were describing of- it, it was lesser tiered. It's because we use a lot of heteronormative language. So when we think of rape, we think of heterosexual penetration. But because rape can be a lot of things, like sexual assault is sometimes a better term because for our brains, we don't straight go into penis and vagina. Like rape can be a lot of stuff. And sexual assault kind of blankets that. I've recently been the victim of harassment. Um, I'm sorry to hear that. I'm female. not surprised. I'm from not surprised female, though. But it was <laughs> thank you. Well, um, I mean, not <laughs> <laughs> thanks. You know, I get it all the time. Um, no, I I, and it just really, it really shaped like my because it did again. It happened from a female. It happened from somebody I work with, and it really was the first time in my life that this has ever happened, and it made me feel like, yo, is this what women go through? And it made me feel, and like, I re- I didn't feel the fear of like, I can't tell anyone. So maybe I didn't get the full experience, but I did feel this thing where it's like, yo, I'm just, I'm just trying to be cool with you. And you're trying to make it something else. And you're actually making me uncomfortable. And you keep doing things to where I'm like, you're saying I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. But I honestly feel a little fearful even ever being around you again, because I don't know what you will do to me because you've you've exceedingly crossed the line in certain areas. And I remember watching this documentary about, damn, I don't remember the name of it. It's so good though. Um, I'll, I'll find the name, but essentially it's about a guy. It starts off about a guy filming his best friend um, and telling about his life. His friend was killed because he was dating a woman 
who was really mentally unstable. Um, he ended up getting that friend ended up getting the woman pregnant, but the guy was trying to call it off. He met up with the woman one last time. She killed him. She went to prison for that, but then she got out because, or she didn't get out, but she, she ended up having the baby. So then she had to split parental rights with the parents of the friend who got killed. And it just really made me think of that. Cause I'm like, yo, you never know what people will do. And like when somebody kind of shows you a side of them that makes you uncomfortable and they can, and you've set a boundary and they continue to break that, break that boundary. I think like you kind of got to like fall, fall out of. And it's hard to manage, right? Like there's no real clear, right answer. That's why when people are like, well, why didn't she say something before? Why do you, because yeah. you don't know what the move is. You don't know what you would do in those situations. And it's funny because we can actually loop this back to the Bible. That's very similar to the one, the story we both enjoyed the most, Joseph. Oh yeah. When he got sexually harassed by oh, was it wife. Potiphar's wife? Yep. I think it was, mm -hmm. and it was kind of like. And actually, I think I'm gonna go back and listen to that one because I think we got into a debate because you were saying he handled it wrong. Because I was saying, well, what's the move? Because he should have been. You know, Generally, you were saying like, all of our debates. I'm not disagreeing with you though. It's I'm taking a different approach, and you fail to want to accept that approach. I've learned I said I was saying like I don't think it's fair to criticize how people react in those situations because it's not clear like you're saying now like in the situation you're in it's not clear what the move is because confronting it directly sometimes can make it worse and then it becomes a he said she said situation or in the Joseph story to me it's very I think the reason why a lot of people um, some of the stories in the Bible are sort of universal stories because I think the way that women harass men is different than the way men harass women in a heteronormative situation. So like with women, if they feel rejected, they want to hurt you. And so they might allege that you were the one who did something inappropriate which is mm -hmm. usually how it goes. And so a lot of people, it be cre it muddies the water, right? Because then you're on the defensive. You're like, no, that bitch set me up. Yeah. And, but then you sound crazy, but it's the truth. And so for me, like in that story, like Joseph made the right move because he knows that man's not going to like side against his wife. Right, right. I mean, in, high, in that explanation, like I agree with you. I don't exactly recall where i was coming from um so we would I oh would we're gonna go, go back, back and listen yeah, to we it have to go back and listen to it but that's the beauty um, of podcasting you got a <laughs> record but yeah no i mean just having gone through that experience also over the last week and a half and it just says like with everything going on it's completely i mean i wouldn't say completely changed how i think about things but i've always been on the side of trying we're all to learning. make sure yeah but it just Open my eyes further because I'm just like, yo, this is shit. I'm really shit sorry that I'm really sorry that happened to you. Thank you. And it's really messed up, and you don't. Nobody deserves that, you know. Like you deserve to just go to work. Yeah, I don't. I'm actually contemplating not working with them anymore because exactly. Like, and I don't. I don't want to see this person. Like they've kind of crossed the line to an extent where I'm just like, I don't even feel comfortable like talking to you. Right understandable it's so and you're right it's so unpredictable yeah and so just, and they're a christian they're a devout christian too so really that makes this very interesting huh we all know like christians are predisposed for only good behavior well i think there's a lot of um paradoxical behavior within like some christians um a lot of them that I've met and it continues to show because I actually relate it to the like the thing where I'll say, you know, people cheat because they they probably do love their spouse, but they also don't know how to or know how to say I want to have sex with other people and or they know if they say that, then they won't continue to have the relationship. They might not continue to have the relationship in the way that they want it. And so yeah. I kind of feel like that's kind of how being a devout Christian can be because it's like this suppressed, you're suppressing all these things that you, you think are fun or that you really want to do or that you might want to embrace. But because your religion is telling you, no, you can't do it, that it becomes a problem. And so the acting out comes out in different ways. I agree with you on that one. We're in, we're in total accord. All right. Well, Numbers 11. 
complaining in the desert. (laughs) (laughs) Now when the people complained in the hearing of the Lord about their misfortunes, the Lord heard it and his anger was kindled. Then the fire of the Lord burned against them and consumed some outlying parts of the camp. But the people cried out to Moses and Moses prayed to the Lord and the fire abated. So the place was called Taberoth, Taberoth, because the fire of the Lord burned against them. The rabble among them had a strong craving and the Israelites also wept again and said, if only if only we had meat to eat. Remember the fish we used to eat in Egypt for nothing, the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. But now our strength is dried up, and there is nothing at all but this manna to look at. Now the manna was like coriander seed, and its color was the color of gum resin. The people went around and gathered it, ground it in mills, or beat it in mortars, then boiled it in pots and made cakes of it. And the taste of it was like the taste of cakes baked with oil. When the dew fell on the camp in the night, the manna will fall with it. Moses heard the people weeping throughout the families, all at the entrances of their tents. Then the Lord became very angry and Moses was displeased. So Moses said to the Lord, why have you treated your servant so badly? Why have I not found favor in your sight that that you laid the burden of all this people on that you laid the burden of all this people on me? Did I conceive all this people? Did I give birth to them that you should carry <laughs> that you should say to me that you should say to me, carry them in your bo- b- carry them in your bosom as a nurse carries a suckling child to the land that you promised on oath to their ancestors? Where am I to get meat to give to all these people? For they come weeping to me and say, give us meat to eat. I am <laughs> I am not able to carry all these people alone for they are too heavy for me. If this is the way you are going to treat me, put me to death at once. If I have found favor in your sight and do not, if I have found favor in your sight and do not let me see my misery. I like a couple fight. I like this because Moses is kind of questioning. Um, Fucking you know, up. Kinda, yeah, he's kind of <laughs> questioning God and stuff. So I like where this is going. I don't know if this is going to end well, but we'll see. Uh, the 70 elders. So the Lord said to Moses, Gather for me 70 of the elders of Israel, whom you know to be the elders of the people and officers over them. Bring them to the tent of meeting and have them take their place there with you. I will come down and talk with you there, and I will take some of the spirit that is on you and put it on them. And they shall bear the burden of the people along with you so that you will not bear it all by yourself. And say to the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow and you shall eat meat, for you have welled in the hearing of the Lord, saying, If only we had meat to eat, surely it was better for us in Egypt. Therefore, the Lord will give you meat and you shall eat. You shall eat not only one day or two days or five days or 10 days or 20 days. (laughs) That just reminds me of when LeBron James was like, not one, not two, not three, not four, not five. Anyway, but for all my sports people out there, but for a whole month until it comes out of your nostrils and becomes loathsome, loathsome, loathsome to you. Because you have rejected the Lord who was among you and have wailed before him saying, what did we ever, li- why did we ever leave Egypt? But Moses said, that's a good ass question. But Moses said, the people I am, the people I am with number 600, the people I am with number 600,000 on foot. And you say, I will give them meat that they may eat for a whole month. Are there enough flocks and herds to slaughter for them? Are there enough fish in the sea to catch for them? The Lord said to Moses, is the Lord's power limited? Now you shall see whether your whether my word will come true to you or not. So Moses, so Moses went out and told people the words of the Lord, and he gathered 70 elders of the people and placed them all around the tent. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to him and looked and took some of the spirit that was on him and put it on the 70 elders. And when the spirit rested upon them, they prophesied, but they did not do so again. Two men remained in the camp, one named Eldad and the other named Medad, and the spirit rested on them. They were among those registered, but they had not gone out to the tent, and so they prophesied in the camp. And the young man ran and told Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp, and Joshua, son of Nun, the assistant of Moses and one of the chosen men, said, My Lord Moses, stop them. But Moses said to them, Are you jealous for my sake? With that, all the Lord's would that all the Lord's people were prophets and 
and the Lord would put this spirit on them. And Moses and the elders of Israel returned to the camp, the quails. Then a wind went out from the Lord, and it brought quails from the sea and let them fall beside the camp. About a day's journey on the side and a day's journey on the other side, all around the camp, about two cubits deep on the ground. So the people worked all the day and night and all the next day, gathering the quails. The least anyone gathered was ten homers, and they spread them out for themselves all around the camp. But while the meat was still between their teeth, before it was consumed, the anger of the Lord was kindled against the people, and the Lord struck the people with a very great plague. So that was so that place was called Kibroth Hatavath. Kibroth Hatavath. Because there they buried the people who had the, their craving. From Kibroth Kibroth Hatavath, the people journeyed to Hazaroth. Thanks be to God. That sounded like Klingon. Oh. The Klingon language a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> this seemed very petty. Um, I mean... This is why sometimes I just can't really get down with the Lord. For one, you're getting into like a yelly couple fight with your prophet. Also, if the Lord can come down in a cloud and talk to people, why doesn't he do that more often? It will clear up so many things. Also, if he can just make food appear, why are there so many hungry people? Like I have this always just when people are like there's answers in the Bible, there's so many more questions. And they're like, are you getting jealous? It's like, there's like, mom, uh, Moses are prophesying. I'm like, like, yeah, they're like, you're prophesying. Make me stop. Like, I don't know. It just comes off as petty. Eliad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. What? Yeah. I mean, at least he fed them, but look what it took. (laughs) Also, I wasn't really a fan of like, I'm going to take the spirit basically of you being upset and put it on everybody else as well <laughs> like i don't <laughs> that was just really it's a weird choice yeah like just no fix the problem no which i mean i guess god <laughs> ends up doing with the quails but okay but then gets immediately mad at them you know what i think what really happened if this was based on any kind of reality they like came across some roadkill ate it and then got a really bad infection because <laughs> you shouldn't eat stuff that just kind of blew in off the ocean well another thing that is triggering as well is the fact that when moses initially complains to god it said god got upset and i was just like that is such an abusive like uh like behavior. Yeah. Like I'm telling you how I feel and you get upset with it. Yeah. Um, it's like I'm mad at you for making me feel bad about how I'm treating you. Yeah, yeah. Um and now we're gonna get into numbers twelve, which is Aaron and Miriam jealous of Moses, which is to be expected. They're all siblings. I feel like there's always some jealousy there. I am speaking as an only child. While they were at Hazroth, Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Cushite woman who he had married, for he had indeed married a Cushite woman. And they said, has the Lord spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us also? And the Lord heard it. Now the man Moses was very humble, more so than anyone else in the face of the earth. Suddenly the Lord said to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, come out, you three, to the tent of meeting. So the three of them came out. Then the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud and stood at the entrance of the tent and called Aaron and Miriam, and they both came forward, and he said, hear my words. When there are prophets among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to them in visions. I speak to them in in dreams, not so with my servant Moses. He is entrusted with all my house. With him I speak face to face, clearly, not in riddles, and he beholds the form of the Lord. Why then are you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? And the anger of the Lord was kindled against them, and he departed. When the cloud went away from over the tent, Miriam became leprous, as white as snow. And Aaron turned towards Miriam and said that she was leprous. Then Aaron said to Moses, 
Oh, my Lord, do not punish us for a sin that we have so foolishly committed. Do not let her be like one stillborn whose flesh is half consumed when it comes out of its mother's womb. And Moses cried out to the Lord, Oh, God, please heal her. But the Lord said to Moses, If her father had but spit in her face, would she not bear her shame for seven days? But let her be shut out of the camp for seven days, and after that she may be brought in again. So Miriam was shut out of the camp for seven days, and the people did not set out on the march until Miriam had been brought in again. After that, the people set out from Hazroth and the camp and camped in the wilderness of Paran. Miriam is the only one who got punished. Well, that's what you get for talking shit. <laughs> I was just trying to make. That's what I, I got was just that. trying to make sure. That's what I heard. Uh, yeah, it's obviously worse when women talk shit than when men talk okay. shit. Obviously. Aaron is a man in charge of the Levites. We can't like just punish. It's like how we don't punish Trump for anything. Remember how we punished Hillary for those emails? But like all the stuff Trump did is just kind of like. Ah. And this is purely from a selfish standpoint, not purely, Let's but, but mostly okay. from a selfish standpoint. Like I, I do want women to get the respect that they deserve. I think just, but I believe that uh, everything be kind of is from a logical standpoint of if I want something. Sure, sure, sure. Why not? Should somebody else be able to have that? Thank you. But from a selfish standpoint, I feel like shit like this makes my life harder. Because when women when women get shit shitted on, then when like somebody like me is dealing with women, it's like you have oh, to yeah. take the weight of all this shit that they've been getting handed. And it's exhausting. I mean, obviously it's hella exhausting to them, but it's also exhausting to the recipient of all that as well, because it's just like I can't fix the world for you. You know, this is one of the reason like a lot of men, a lot of men love French women because French women are very liberated. Like men, I, I hear men talk about this all the time, like who travel and just about how like basically how fun because they have no problem with taking mm -hmm. lovers and they're just very free. I mean, they're just a delight. Like they're just naturally allowed to be women. Um, I'm actually going to post that. Um, there was a Nikki Giovanni poem I was reading the other day about how like she's dreamed of these different revolutions, but nothing would be more revolutionary mm. than just her being a natural woman, like doing what comes to her naturally. That would be revolutionary. And I was like, wow. So it's funny how that is very true because we have to move to stay safe. We have to move within these societal structures or we I was trying to explain to someone the other day, like that's kind of what ha what's happening to Meg the Stallion. Like when a large, po I feel like there's a large population of black men who are just like, kind of like fuck Meg and she's just trying to territory lanes down. But I think it has more to do with the fact that they want to make an example of her. Like if you talk the way Meg does, if you move the way Meg does, when horrible shit happens to you, we're not going to protect you. That's the message I got. I could be wrong. But to me, like, or if you're Brittany Griner. Yeah, well, once again, because she doesn't conform to what we think women should be. You know, she's um, masculine, you know, in a lot of ways. She's a less. Oh, my goodness. That dinner party I went to dude was like trying to blame like he's like uh, this outbreak of uh, and please forget. He used like a slur word for a lesbian woman and was like, you know, saying that it's basically because of hip hop. Why we're seeing more lesbian behavior. And we were like, dude, but he's dead ass. He was like dead serious. And um, yeah, I, I the podcaster me is so frustrated. I didn't record that conversation because it was wild. I should have. <sighs> and it was a lot of different people and opinions. And it was just interesting because the girl, the young, the women who were there were a lot younger than me. So at first they kind of weren't with me, but then after a while they were like, okay, I see what's going on here. No, this isn't the side I want to be on. Like, no, you gotta, people just need to chill. Like the whole point of America is we're supposed to be able to be free. I thought, I thought this was America. That's why my video on control is going to touch a lot of all of this because this is all oh, it's been a control. control. I mean, by the time this is released, this will be over. But like this is like Janet Jackson's like birthday weekend. They've been playing a lot of Janet Jackson on the radio. And that was always a fave. I loved control. Oh, nice. I'll be the one in control. 
Yeah, that um, I don't know. This just makes my life. It, it makes difficult. everyone's life more difficult. Like that's the thing. Oppression doesn't happen in a vacuum. Like it's impossible to oppress one group of people and not have it affect the society at large. No matter what we like to think about, because America is a very individualistic society. Like we, a lot of sentiments are against collectivism, but we are in a collectivist. If you're in a society, that's collectivism. And we benefited from, as human beings, you can see, like, even in the story, the punishment for Miriam was being kicked out of the collective for seven days. And, which is almost a death sentence in the desert. Like, um, like, they'll be, like, if they just hand you, uh, like Abraham did, um, Hagar, it's like, well, here's some water. Bye. (laughs) Like, that's, you know, know, like, unless you're lucky, that's a death sentence. I mean, obviously she's survived. I mean, in the canon of the story, in real life, not so. I mean, like, how much does that? I mean, the fact that he was able to, you know, willing to take that chance with his baby mama, to me, is like, mm-hmm. I see a lot of dudes would probably do that. And be like, if you make it, you know, that means the Lord was looking out for you. Not me, though. <laughs> I just. It, it's very frustrating to me. Like it really is. And I wish things were easier for you too. It's overwhelming because I don't. I'm naturally like I just want everybody to be cool. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I feel like you don't do what you want to do as long as it's not you know um, hurting someone else and intentionally hurting someone else. Um, but I don't. I don't. I don't know. I I can't. All I can do is use my platform i will say i enjoyed not doing tabernacle decoration this time around that was nice nice. Uh, i don't want to be completely negative but on the whole this is kind of proving the point that i have that this isn't a good book we've just been kind of sold that because of slavery and most of the slave population was illiterate so calling something the good book by a bunch of people who can't read the Bible was already in Ethiopia before slavery. You know what? Ethiopian got, culture is that. wildly you know misogynistic. Like, they cut bitches' clits off. Like, that's how deep the misogyny goes. I've gotten, I've gotten that before what? from people. The Bible, like, Christianity was already in Ethiopia before Africa. So, like. Yeah, we're definitely we're discussing Western Christianity, which is the dominant, like, religious force in we're in the united states that's why we're discussing it from the western point of view i agree that this stuff is completely appropriated from an older culture i'm just saying that that culture was fucked up too uh one of the things i was discussing at this um dinner party was that a lot of times black people we want to start our history um at slavery like american chattel slavery but when the Europeans were scouting out Africa for slaves, they were like really drawn to African women because they were already so subjugated. Hmm. Like they're like, oh, these would make excellent slaves because they're already oppressed. So it would, it, it, so it goes back further than that. So like, yeah, this is obviously, I say that all the time, this is borrowed, like Judaism. Like, this is all borrowed from something else. And like, yeah, the EP, and we've talked about this before. I think the Ark of the Covenant, like the original one is in Ethiopia. Yeah. They claim to have it and they claim to be like the descendants of Solomon and all that. But to me, that's just not anything to be especially proud of. There's so many other things that as a culture that they've accomplished besides perpetuating this uh, oppression manual. This is abuse juice. Yeah, I I feel like I have to I feel like I have to amend because I think we you and I debate about this a lot about the that doesn't sound like me about if the source <laughs> is not one that cultivates growth then maybe it's not a good source we've had this argument for years now and I think I need to amend how I go about the approach of it because I think that more so than me just being like, cause I'm, I'm all about like, I can get anything from anything. Like, and I'll just filter out the things that I think will make my life better. But I think underneath that, 
it's really that you should be able to look at something and feel like this is this is this may not be the best source and it's a learn but we should be able to learn from that to know what not to do regard i don't know if that's gonna you know drive people to read the bible or you know look up misogynistic youtubers but people should read the bible though okay i mean i'm that's just as literature though we shouldn't hold this up the thing is we don't read the bible as literate our society like we're talking we're we're within the united states we don't hold we we this is this is seen as a good that's my whole thing is like i want to reframe this as like this isn't a source of good Oh, speaking of that, I had a really good quote by Mark Twain. Uh, Samuel Clemens. Shit. No. That's Mark Twain's real name. Oh. No, it's not Mark Twain. He had a good quote too that I saw in high school. But <laughs> he had a lot of good bad. quotes. He was good at writing. Which is just distilling your thoughts. I can't remember. It was something of, okay. I, I'm going to get it. Uh, and I'll bring it back next week, but it's, it really highlights that point about good and bad and basically how. Well, do you think there are, yeah, those don't really I, one exist. of the people asked me at the dinner, like, do you think there are like good and bad people? And I was like, not really. I don't believe in like a hard binary. Like that's a bad person. That's a good person. I think we're all like capable of good and bad things. Oh, I know what it was. I don't know verbatim, but it was basically saying like there is no good and there's no bad. There's just yeah, like, that's moral relativism. That's a little more like that's that's convenient for people who want to do evil things because I think like there is there are moral and ethical evils that we can do to each other. So I don't think people are just by default bad or good. We're capable of both, but things can be good or bad. Like like if if we think that like well-being is important like being able like to me like being able to sit in my house right now and not worry about someone rushing in killing me taking my stuff like that's a real low probability because we're in a social contract with each other that we're going to be cool with each other so that we can have some well-being but without that life is just chaos so i think it's better to have this moral social agreement that we're going to do our best to treat each other well because everyone benefits from that whereas if we just look out for ourselves if we're just entirely individualistic there's only so much we can accomplish and it 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 makes things worse so I'm not going to go so far as to say there's nothing good or bad but I don't like classifying people as like wholly good or bad if that makes sense no i mean i don't think that works because i feel like everybody even the worst person has possibly a redeeming quality and vice versa good people are all like i was watching a video one time these people are made up but like it was like analyzing marvel characters and it was like you know captain america is seen as like the best of the best like tried and true he's about you know doing the right thing but it was like even he lies like he lied to and Tony he was Stark, wrong about the civil war stuff i really never enjoyed captain america all that much not in the comics and not in the movies like he's just like once again he's getting a lot <sighs> like in winning time like sometimes we're just automatically putting good attributes on this person because they look the way that like hollywood wants a hero to look who was we putting a good aperture boots on? Oh, well, not now? we didn't. I'm just talking about how like Larry Bird run one rookie of the year and stuff like that, even though they, you know, got stomped oh, in the playoffs. Yeah, so it's like, why, you know, the fact that he got outvoted, like it was like crazy, like yeah. in a landslide too, like 63 to three, like they weren't going to give it to the black dude. This young, like there's something about young black people that they really don't want to give it to them. And there's so much talent there. There's so much spark there's so much that's the thing like even like this weekend i i hear i hear it in the language of so many people i talk to where they try to shrink themselves and it's like you're not doing anybody any favors by like trying to keep yourself small so people don't think that you are arrogant it's like fuck it let them think you're arrogant i would like everybody to feel as confident and like self-assured as i hope to be like i'm not even there yet but i want to start living and speaking that like there's nothing wrong i think that's there's a difference between confidence and arrogance and I 
like that's like Trump. Like that dude's arrogant. But like people who've like earned like uh, let's say Dr. Fauci, for instance, he's earned the right to be confident. Like he's put in work. Like I don't feel like he's a good example because he's not somebody I would be like is confident in and or he's pretty confident. Like the stuff he has to do day in and day out, I say he's pretty confident. But I wouldn't call him arrogant. I would call like someone like Trump arrogant because you're a blowhard. No, like you don't know anything, but you come out like maybe maybe we could uh, start putting like bleach into our bloodstream. It's like, dude, you shouldn't feel feel comfortable saying that out loud. Like just like I wouldn't feel comfortable like spoofballing on how to handle a pandemic. I'm not qualified. Like that's the thing. Like I feel like I'm confident. Like I know the things I know, but also. I'm, I also know, like, I don't know most of the things. Like, well, one thing I've learned from history is that um, something I was reading once was just basically like, why was this? Why was this king or person super successful? And it was like because they knew, even though they were a leader, they knew how to keep people around mm-hmm. as advisors, so that mm-hmm. they can make informed decisions. And I think that's very important when moving through life and why I try to perception check with people a lot is because if you just operate off of just your totally yeah. your mind state, yeah, then it can be. That's why books are great. You get to see things from so many different people's points of view that you never would have thought before. And it's, it's fascinating and it helps you move through the world better because you're not going to, uh, people, they people don't. don't That's our job. So. We read so you don't have to. So if you're listening right now, thank you for listening and for, um, you know, taking this on because this is huge. And thank you, sir, for doing going on this journey with me, because this is this sucks. Mm -hmm. Like reading the Bible, like it's not pleasant. It's not. But, you know. Being able to talk to you makes it worthwhile, I guess. So Aww. Like I said, like this would be, um, I want to, I think we should have a guest. Not the person I originally proposed. No, 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 no. I'm actually <laughs> thinking about someone I had on my other podcast. He's a comedian. And he's given me like hints that like he doesn't really fuck with the Bible either. That's fine. Yes. Yeah. It's probably guest time. Yeah, it's guest time. It's winning time is what it is. Okay. And I saw Doctor Strange. Oh, great. Two enthusiastic thumbs up. I had fun. I gave it three three stars. Three stars? Oh, I had fun. But they, for one, I loved seeing Professor Xavier. Okay. And I liked seeing it. They did the, when they went into the mind, Wanda's mind, that was from a comic book. But it was, they had gone into, I think, um, it was, uh, uh charles's mind or charles's Mm. charles uh xavier has an evil twin sister in the Mm. comic books and i think they went into her mind and it was a comic book that didn't have any words in it like the whole thing was just pictures Uh, i need to find it was i'll 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 find the title and link it because i know i own it but that geeked me out so that's why i was like i'll end the scene with the music when they were using Mm. the musical notes to fight that was dope. That was worth it because I saw it in 3D. Oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I like Once again, I'm just so happy to be back at the movies. Yeah, it's nice. It's a good experience. It is. But it wasn't. I, I prefer Doctor Strange 1 over this one, but this <laughs> one was fine. It was a nice intermediate film until we get to the next stuff. Yeah, it or, was. I'm sorry, inter- interlude film. I didn't really love the actress they picked to uh, play the America girl. Oh, really? Interesting. I think she was, she fell a little flat to me, and I also didn't like her costume design. I think it was very, uh, it was boring, is what it was. I like, I don't know Especially if when you're next that. to a dude with a cape. Like, it's going to ha- be hard to be noticed when you're next to a dude in a cape. So I think they could have gone a little harder than just a denim jacket with a star on the back. I'm just saying. I don't know if anybody's said this yet, but I'm going on record. I found it very interesting, and this was probably not by accident, that her name is America, but she's a, a, a gay woman 
for a gay teenager. Um, why is that? Why do I find that interesting? Yeah. Um, just with the particular climate of like things that have you know happened and how America is obviously torn between, and then you know all the Disney stuff. Like, I mean, this is obviously was shot way before all the or before the Disney stuff came out. But I just found it very interesting, like because it to me it was more so speaking that like you know America is not, and she's not only is she like gay and had to um to women parents but like also um she's hispanic so it's like so to me it or was native like, american or native american she was too she it was very multi-layered Spanish speaking native american yeah it was very multi-layered and then there's the fact that her name is america it's like oh this is kind of like a it know, felt tacked like to me it wasn't like done super well i like the fact that they did have that representation there like I want to see more like native Spanish-speaking people like in these roles but um I mean there's so many of them I think they could have found a better one that's fair I mean I'm not gonna that's the first thing I've ever seen I mean even her haircut was it was just too conservative like to me that's what it was like if she was supposed to be like still Disney I mean what do you want man I mean Wanda was interesting they went dark with that. It was kind of a you scary movie. Okay, you do too. that a lot. Like, what do I do? You 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 say something about like the person who is non-white, and it's like, oh, they didn't do this right. But then it's like, well, the white person did. Like, yeah, they have the freedom. I to think do they that. gave it more, and I but I think they gave her more resources and attention. Like to me, that it kind of proved one, my she's, point. I think, yeah, I think because she's white. Also, she's had more time to develop as a character. I mean, that's true, but I'm just talking about visuals because you don't even have to get into all that for just costume design and what hair. Would you have, what would you have put on America? I would have probably, because we don't really have a Jubilee in this universe, I would have put her like a little bit, I would have made her look youthful. Like that's not how kids dress now. Like that's how an old person thinks a kid dress dresses. Like when you look at, I, I, but that's what I'm saying, like get a youth consultant. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Like, if you're if this is supposed to be someone who's like the younger, the new, you know, probably going to be one of the new Avengers and stuff like that. And we're going to be following her, trying to find her parents through the multiverse, which is exciting because it's an interesting storyline. You're right to me, because Disney usually is so good with visuals. I feel like when it comes to let's just say it, women of color, they get a little scared because it's like, yeah, I want to see Storm with some natural hair. You know, she's Kenyan and Egyptian. She's going to have kinky. She's not going to have straight hair. And she's not going to be ashamed of it either. Like, that's really more of a Black American thing or even in Africa where they do straighten their hair. That's from being colonized. Like, we don't have any problem with our hair. We didn't have any problem with having kinky hair until white people told us it was a prop. So, like, I get it. It's it's a whole part of the subjugation thing, too, of, like, it's our hair scares them, honestly. Like, the, I won't get into all that right now. I'm just really talking about visually. That was just a critique I had. Over on the whole, I loved it. And the actress herself wasn't bad. I just think they kind of, I would have liked to see her go off. She has this huge power. I wanted her to, she was just kind of like bland. I mean, I feel like the whole movie was kind of, but that's just <laughs> me. I mean, it was, it was fine. It was fine. I gave it three out of five stars on Letterboxd, but, um, it was more than just fine, um, but that's I've just seen my better. opinion. Sure, it was I felt the, like the first Doctor Strange was seen. actually better. The first Doctor Strange was more emotionally compelling and was more of a journey. This one, I mean, I have my notes, you have your notes. Um, when we make our movie, it's going to be perfect. <laughs> um, all right, well. That's oh all. yeah, you guys got a bonus review. You did, you did. That is all on this today. Um, anything else you feel like you need to say to the listeners? Oh, we should probably let them know what's going on next with the Bible when they come back, because they're definitely coming back after that. Well, next time there will be spies in Canaan. Um, I, I'll wait until next because we're already going long. But I have a song for that one. It's so good. The people were the people are about to rebel. There's an attempted invasion. Um. And then back to offerings. Fuck. (laughs) 
Listen, God, God needs that loot. Yeah, so that is um that is Bible breakdown for this week. Bible breakdown podcast at gmail.com. Tap in. Yes. Bye guys. Your body belongs to you. Have some fun with it. <laughs>